The Girl Talk Inc. podcast inspires middle and high school girls to learn about, to embrace, and to live every day in their leadership lifestyle. Welcome back. We're your hosts, Pace and Melissa. Hello, girls. I am Melissa Enriquez, and I am so excited to be talking with you guys today about Hispanic Heritage Month. So Girl Talk celebrates all differences. And as a diversity, equity, and inclusion coordinator, it's really, really important to me that we continue to celebrate um, inclusion on all platforms. So today we're gonna be talking about a really special month that is Hispanic Heritage Month. So I'm gonna start it off with explaining a little bit more about what this month means. So each year, Americans observe National Hispanic Heritage Month from September 15th to October 15th by celebrating the histories, cultures, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. The observation started in 1968 as Hispanic Heritage Week under President Lyndon Johnson. It was expanded by President Ronald Reagan in 1988 to cover a 30-day period starting on September 15th and ending on October 15th. It was enacted into law on August 17, 1988, on the approval of public law. The day of September 15th is significant because it is the anniversary of independence for Latin American countries, such as Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. In addition, Mexico and Chile celebrate their independence days on September 16th and September 18th, respectively. Also, Dia de la Raza, which is October 12th, falls within the 30-day period. We're really excited to be talking with Vanessa Alva today about Hispanic Heritage Month. So Vanessa, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about who you are? Hi, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Um, well, like Melissa said, my name is Vanessa. Um, I was born in Mexico and my family moved here when I was three years old. And I was very lucky to move into a community that um, celebrated our culture. Um, I grew up in the Beaufort Highway area in DeKalb County in Georgia. And if you're familiar with the area, it's a um, heavily Latino populated um, area. We have um, immigrants from all countries. We have um, immigrants from Latin America. We have immigrants um, from Asia. We have immigrants from Africa. So it's a very diverse area. And if you haven't been there, I you know, really recommend it for everybody. Um, and so growing up there, um, my culture was always celebrated and I always felt like um, it was a second home. I don't really remember much of my um, life from Mexico, but based on what my family tells me and based on my experience growing up in that community, I felt that that was the closest I had to um, where I was from. Amazing. Um, so we kind of just wanted to start off with asking you, why should people celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month and how? should they celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month? I think we should celebrate every culture and um, you know, Latin American culture is just a part of that. I think that it's always interesting to learn about different cultures, learn about what they do and just getting to know them. And I think that it's something that we should all strive for, um, not just during this one month, but I think um, for every month we should strive to learn from other people's cultures as much as we can. I think we should celebrate cultures um, by just learning from the people that are from there. Um, so if you like to read, um, you know, read a book. If you like art, um, look at some of the art and also just support these people as well. I think the best way to support artists, especially artists of color, 
is by paying them for their work. So if there's a small artist that you see on Instagram or on social media and you really like their work, order one of their prints. Um, if yeah. you really like a small um, poet that is Latinx, um, then go ahead and you know buy one of their books or support them. A lot of them have PayPal's, um, you know, cash apps. Um, I know a lot of y'all are young, so you might not have money, but it's, you know, just sharing their work helps and um, yeah, just contributing to that part of them. And also, I mean, eat food. That's one of my favorite things to do um, and listen to music. There's a lot of good music out there. So just do as much as you can to like support the culture. So the next thing that we wanted to talk about is we wanted you to highlight your heritage um, and what that heritage has looked like um, as an immigrant. So your heritage in your home country and your heritage here in America. Um, like I said before, I was very lucky to grow up in the kind of community where I grew up in. Um, and even within the, um, you know, Latinx culture, there's so much like difference between each country and each ethnic background. Um, and even between any state. So um, I grew up in a Mexican household. Um, I grew up speaking Spanish with my parents. I grew up, um, you know, with my parents who consistently cooked Mexican food and who consistently played um, Spanish music. So I was always immersed into that. And I was very lucky to not grow up in a community where um, my family had to assimilate for survivorship, which is very, um, you know, common in a lot of communities, especially with um, Latinx communities, because we are easily able to assimilate if you are um, a white Latinx person or more of a light skin toned um, Latinx person. Um, so because, you know, it's so easy to assimilate if you're not Afro-Latinx, um, a lot of people tend to do that to, you know, to survive. But because I grew up in a different community, I was really lucky to not have to do that um, and I was able to grow up, you know, enjoying my own culture and learning so much about the different cultures in Atlanta outside of my own. Um, so among Buford Highway, I also grew up, you know, eating pupusas, which is like a very popular Salvadoran dish. Um, I grew up just eating different things like um, from different communities, even within our own Latinx community. Um, so I think it's just a very interesting and I'm honestly very curious to see how the next generation will turn out because there's been so much mixing amongst our cultures. And, you know, I, I just want to see how I guess that will play out in the future. I think it's a very um, unique time that we're living in where we are celebrating cultures and not necessarily being forced to assimilate. So in our conversation, I think that um, you're using a few different terms that I want us to highlight. Um, we're saying Hispanic Heritage Month, um, but you are also describing yourself as Latinx, um, and you're also talking about Spanish music. And I think that our audience needs to know the difference between those three things. So first, could you define what um, Hispanic means? So Hispanic means anybody that, or any country, um, that descends from Spain or Spanish speaking. I personally like to use Latinx more um, because it is more based on Latin American people. Um, and the Latinx part, I know a lot of people say Latinos are Latina, but Spanish is very gendered. Um, and Latinx, I 
it's something that's growing on people. Some people still haven't grown to use it or some people don't like it. But personally, I like it because I think it includes people of all gender identities. Um, and Spanish is just people from Spain. And I also feel like the closest that I identify with is Latinx because I, um, I'm not from Spain. I'm not a white Latinx person. Um, so it's just, you know, as a brown woman, that's the closest that I've come to be able to identify myself. That's amazing. Perfect. I think another word in which that we keep using is um, assimilation, um, which is essentially when um, those of us that identify outside of the American culture come into the American culture and feel as if that we have to um, water down who we are and what our culture um, extends to us just because we live here. Um, and so what we really want to do during this podcast and like highlight the beauty of your culture and highlight who you are as a Mexican person. First question that I have for you is, what is your favorite Mexican tradition? Um, so one of my favorite Mexican traditions is Dia del Muerto or Dia de los Muertos. Um, if you watch Coco um, from Disney, you have a little bit of an idea about it. Um, and it's um, one of my favorite things because I think it just really has allowed us to view death uh, differently. Um, and I think that um, this Dia de los Muertos um, is specifically like a little bit more um, personal um, is because it's the first year that I've actually lost somebody close to me. So we recently got lost my grandmother. And um, the way that our family celebrates it is you will have an altar for the person that you lost. Um, and usually they will go to the cemeteries in Mexico um, and cemeteries in Mexico are very, very nice. Um, and I know that's not something that, you know, people would really say about cemeteries because they tend to look at them as like very like scary or, you know, just have a really weird relationship with death. But um, Dia de los Muertos is supposed to celebrate it. Um, so people go there and they bring all of these really beautiful flowers. They have like this specific bread um, that's very, it's round. They have it in some of the Mexican bakeries here if y'all want to go. Um, around that time and they're supposed to be a skeleton but it's like powdered sugar all over and it's very good and people bring that bread they bring out the favorite dishes of the um, person that they lost um, and they just play music um, they bring drinks out and they just the family gets together around um, the site where the person that they lost is buried and um, they just celebrate the life that they lived and they celebrate that they are still you know around us whether it's their spirits. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a way that people mourn and it's a way that people feel connected to their ancestors and generations. Um, you know, people celebrate ancestors that they haven't even met. Um, and I think it's so, you know, beautiful that we can celebrate that because our ancestors do play a role in how we are here now and a lot of why we were raised the way that we are. Um, so it's probably one of my favorite um, cultures, uh, traditions, I mean, because it just, um, I think it's very unique to us as well. I don't think a lot of, um, you know, especially like Western countries really deal with um, death in the same way that we do. I totally agree. Um, as a Caribbean American, um, my grandmother always told me um, that death was not something that happened to her. Um, and that death was something to be celebrated. Exactly. Um, and she always said that when the time comes for her to pass on, she wanted us to have a party. Um, she didn't want anybody to cry. Um, she wanted us to celebrate her life because she lived it in full. 
Um, and I think that that's really beautiful um, that your culture celebrates death in such a grand way um, because I do think the connotation around um, death in America specifically is like something to be fearful of mm-hmm. um, and I think that there's a beauty in the difference between how the two cultures handle that. Um, I also think that Mexican culture gives a lot of um, closure that we may not get to experience here in America mm-hmm. with death um, because in celebrating that person's life you do not feel um, as like like you like you're missing out on giving them this moment in which that they deserve exactly. for the life in which that they lived. Um, so that's beautiful. I love that. Um, I want to add something to yeah. that though. I think that when we were making the difference between American culture and Mexican culture, I do want to point out that um, Dia de los Muertos is around Halloween. So whenever there's like Halloween decorations at the store, there's a whole bunch of like Dia de los Muertos um, Halloween stuff that are being sold as like mm. Halloween things. But I want to distinguish that it's not a Halloween thing. It's not a scary thing. Um, But because around the same time, Americans have kind of just taken on as like, oh, it's Halloween. But it's the opposite of Halloween. Halloween is, you know, scary and all of these things. Yellow doesn't work. This is the complete opposite. It's not something people should be scared of. And it's not, you know, fearful. It's just, you know, a celebration of what it is. Yeah. Celebration of life. Love that. Um, So our next question for you is, who is your favorite Mexican historical figure? Oh, this is a hard one. Uh, There's think, a lot. <laughs> I think my uh, one of my favorite ones in this just because I've heard um, my grandfather say a lot of stories about her um, is uh, Dolores Huerta, who is a civil rights activist in California. Um, she, along with Cesar Chavez, were really big on um, labor rights for uh, California field workers. Um, and my grandfather, he was a field worker in California, and he actually worked with her. Um, and I, it's one of my favorite stories. I love hearing him talk about um, just marching with her because I feel like it, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't even find out he did this work until like recently. And then I was like, wait, it makes so much sense about why I am the way that I am. Um, and this is what I meant by like our ancestors play a huge role. Um, I think that you know, she did that for her community and being a woman back, you know, in the time that she did that was so rare, but she was out there, you know, labor organizing and the labor movement is so vital um, to Latin American um, activism here in America, because when it comes to labor rights, a lot of times like black and brown folks are given, you know, the short end of the stick. Um, But I think that, you know, she's just one of my favorite figures and I love hearing like you know, what my grandfather was able to learn from her. I love that. I think that um, you're absolutely correct in terms of like the the role in which that our own history that we didn't even get to experience mm-hmm. um, plays in who we are right now. Um, whether that is, you know, my grandmother immigrating from Jamaica um, and her not being able to um, achieve the educational level in which that she deserved and me having that opportunity. I think that there's always a connection in like what we experience and what those before us experience. Um, and it gives us this sense of pride, doesn't it? That um, I feel so much pride that my grandmother's sacrifice is the reason that I have the life in which that I have. And you're so, you take so much pride um, in all that Dolores did in order for you to be able to still stand up for people um, and during this time. 
so we just talked a lot about pride and how pride functions um, in our relationship with our ancestors, but also in our relationships with our cultures. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, why do you take so much pride um, in being Mexican? Um, and what makes you proud to be Latinx? Um, I think in a time where we're told that we shouldn't have pride in it, or in a time where you know, we have people in leadership saying bad things about our people. Uh, I think it's even more reason to take pride in who we are. Um, I don't think we should, you know, waste our time proving to people why we're not the way that they think we are. I think we should just spend more time, you know, finding the things about our culture that we love. I don't think we should have to prove why we're better than whoever they think we are. I think um, just coming in ter to terms with, you know, this is my community, this is my culture, this is why I love my culture. I think that does more than what anything bad they have to say about us. And I think that um, I've grown to have so much pride in it because I realized that, you know, I could have chosen not to have that pride. I could have um, suppressed my culture. I could have just ignored it. I could have, um, you know, done whatever to not have that pride. But I think that I want my, if I have children, I want my children to know, you know, where their um, mom comes from. I want them to be aware of that. Um, so I think because, you know, we grow up in a country that, you know, a lot of immigrants are forced to suppress their um, communities. I think that gives us even more reason to why we should keep these communities alive here. I think the United States gave us us you know, it's a second home to a lot of us. And I think it's an opportunity to keep these cultures alive even when we're told that, you know, we should assimilate or um, do whatever we have to do. Absolutely. We're so grateful that we got to have this conversation with you, Vanessa, and to highlight um, such beautiful aspects of your culture. Um, and we're even more grateful that there is a Hispanic Heritage Month here in America because we get to continue these conversations that we probably wouldn't even have um, mm -hmm. if we didn't have these things. So we're super grateful for you being willing to share with us um, what your culture means to you and what it should mean to all of us. Um, and we can't wait for all of you girls who are listening um, to learn more about Hispanic Heritage Month um, and learn more about Latinx cultures. If you are a part of that culture group, um, we hope that this um, makes you feel seen um, and that we can continue having conversations about the beauty of all of our cultures here. So thank you guys and we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Girl Talk, follow us on social media at Girl Talk Inc. And check out our website at mygirltalk.org.